Hello, everybody. We have Davis back from Shredding the Gnar in Colorado, and Pat has been deep in the lab analyzing this year's crop of rookies. Got a ton of ADP movement to discuss with Anthony Richardson, Rashad White, and yes, even Sky Moore rocketing up draft boards. We'll break it all down here on this beautiful Friday of NFL Combine Week. Welcome to Chasing Crane. I mean, ADP Chasing. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm hot. Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Canary's Tony? You can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Um, how are we doing? Um, doing good. We're Excited doing great, to have uh, Davis joining us. Davis, how was uh, your time out in Colorado? Uh, I mean, it was amazing. Skiing is, is it was a little bit harder than I remembered. I hadn't done it since I was young, like 14 or 15. So it was a little bit more difficult than I remembered. A lot of, a lot of, I just, you're so beat at the end of the day, you know, like, I think if you're good, it's not that much of a taxing experience, but when you're bad and you're basically using your entire body just to stay upright, going down the mountain, it, uh, it gets, it gets difficult. Yeah. I, I, that's exactly where I'm at. I'm going skiing next weekend and kind of got back into it a little bit last year after not really doing it much since high school. Um, and Brittany learned, so we're kind of like, I'm actually like, it's a kind of nice that she's learning. Cause I'm like, okay basically not that far ahead yeah we can uh, we can do some greens babe we can yeah let's out. do some green you want to do a green <laughs> yeah i feel that yeah yeah, yeah i feel the same good. way like i i ski a lot but i'm always overly ambitious on ski trips and by like day three i'm just like why did we plan five days of skiing in a row I, my legs just <laughs> can't can't handle this anymore um it's it's a grind uh, and you really don't exhausting. you don't stretch and like you just your brain is not processing it like you're doing like when i'm gonna go golf or skateboarding or go to the gym or whatever you know i'm gonna stretch i'm gonna hydrate i'm gonna do what i need to do but skiing you're like oh i'm just hanging out with my bros and then all of a sudden you're going cold and you're at the top of a mountain and you're like i gotta yeah. get to the bottom here you know and it's, yeah it's kind and of usually backwards. like having having a couple beers too and like doing extreme physical exhaustion when you probably shouldn't be shouldn't be drinking Correct. on top of that um yeah it's a funny funny sport um you guys been following the uh the nfl combine news at all um i know there's been like a lot of coach interviews and stuff this week um curious if if anything has really jumped out i know we haven't really seen the like the skill position players do much of the combine yet so yeah curious if, if you guys have any takeaways from the interviews or anything so far I mean, I couldn't be following it any closer. I don't think. <laughs> so I'm not following it that close with the, you know, I will be following extremely close once we get the wide receivers, tight ends. Yeah, I, I don't care about, I don't care about the edge rushing uh, 40 times or anything other than for like wagering purposes. But I mean, yeah. the, the number one takeaway for me is I, I literally will not draft the Dallas Cowboy. Like I just, I'm not doing it. Like everything Mike McCarthy says is dumber than the last thing he said. Like the idea that he... <laughs> And Kellen Moore wanted to part ways because Kellen Moore wanted to score points. Wanted to score too many points. Mike McCarthy's like, you know, Kellen, scoring points, officially moving the ball down the field. That's not really the vibe. That really hurt our defense, man. (laughs) Cool it. (laughs) 
I love so, when he thought of that insult. He thought it was like so smart in his head. It's like I'm going to criticize this guy for wanting to score points. Like this guy's is... trying to light up the scoreboard. <laughs> Total idiot. He doesn't. He doesn't get so what dumb. we do here. This is not Cowboys football. Well, oh my God. that's it. I mean, obviously, I completely agree. McCarthy's a, a stone cold moron, but I also just drafted a big board team and I stacked up the Cowboys because I feel like the the ADPs are like fairly palatable for everybody. I got CD Lamb in the second. I went Jonathan Taylor, then CD Lamb out of the one eleven. Um, Dak, you can get. I think I got him at the seven eleven, um, which isn't but like see, an that, amazing to me, price. That that no, I think that feels rich for Dak. I don't think it's that rich given that he can generate a spike week because the defense isn't going to be as good. So there will be volume weeks. Just they won't be and it's, uh, it's McCarthy's also, choice, but they'll happen. It's in the context of the other QB ADPs. That's the thing is right. My yeah. brain, my brain is not fully translated to the mm-hmm. new. Yeah. Reality. It's like Trevor Lawrence in the fourth versus press for context like deshaun watson who was the worst quarterback in the league last year goes like two picks after dak do you okay let's let's stare into our let's stare into our crystal ball close your eyes you know we're we're imagining ourselves i feel like i'm talking to kitchen we're 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 in august corain's trying to defend his title we're all just you know we're sick we want it we want to win the two million dollars i just want 0.05 grains that's all we just we just we just want to we want to get to we want to get to 0.5 of grains right i can't keep my eyes closed this long it's do we do we think that when the more casuals than the true sick fucks who are who are drafting right now do we think Trevor Lawrence is going to go in the fourth? Do we think no. that Mahomes like like we're going to see a, a sliding scale of these guys almost for sure, right? I think these ADPs are bad, personally. I just don't. I'm like I don't see how. Like yeah, it's fine. Like the you you'll probably do okay in advance rates and stuff. But I just you're trying to win three straight uncorrelated tournaments and then finish first out of a huge field in the final week, not having a second round skill player seems like a disadvantage to do that, especially if there's upside at the quarterback position later. And I think there is. Well, my sense is that it's probably being driven by the uncertainty. This is probably going to be the most, like this has got to be the most uncertain quarterback offseason in in my adult life. I mean, maybe 50% of teams in the league are going to have a new quarterback. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I don't know, my take on it is like, I think for sure the Herbert Lawrence like even Burrow types will slide, but I'm not actually sure that like Allen Mahomes hurts will slide all too much. Like one, I just think like the casuals drafting will, you know, they are going to see like those names be like best quarterback in the league. Like I want Mahomes, Josh Allen on my team. And number two, like, while I do think some of the quarterbacks later have upside to get to like 20 points per game, like Allen Mahomes have been like consistently doing what 25 points, plus points per game over the last like several years and like i think it's pretty predictable at this point they'll do it again it's hard for me to see like the ceiling of someone getting getting to that Um, no they won't but you only need it for one week like you need to get through to week 17 and then get a spike week from someone else and then you've got if you get that spike week you're now like a massive favorite over those elite quarterback teams because they paid one two turn prices like you're getting a player at the one two turn on top of you know like the 2v2 versus you get a spike week from a dude in round 10 like you get in any, a skill player in, any, in the second round versus their 10th in any given week let's say jalen hurts is minus 
minus 200 to score more fantasy points than Kenny Pickett, right? Does that sound right? Minus 200-ish, 70%-ish? Yeah, I mean, I would put it a lot yeah. higher for him to for him to have a spike week. I think he's more than for him. Well, to separate... what, I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, minus two hundred favorites lose all the time. Is, yeah, is yeah, basically yeah. is basically the point. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, not... in defense of the Hertz drafter, the the odds that he has like a meaningful spike week are, are better than minus two hundred. Um, oh, but, but well, still, yes. I think you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like there, there's a reason in DFS. I, I'm not huge into it. You guys know it better than me, but there's a reason people pay up for the top price quarterbacks in DFS, like. It's actually kind of, it's actually kind of, so yes, you do pay up for the top price quarterbacks a lot, but a lot of the time, like analysis of like top 1% finishes, millimaker finishes, Mm -hmm. it actually tends to be your Trubisky's, your Daniel Jones, your it's It's like, those are the type of guys that actually end up having like a really high top 1% finish rate, like cheaper quarterbacks with a little bit of rushing. This is what I'm saying. Like your, your odds, like if you're playing in, a DraftKings style best ball tournament where you're making looking to make a 12 team field in the final in the final round is only 12 teams. I would be much more open to these prices at quarterback. But if you're looking at a big final week, it's not that any one of these late round quarterbacks is particularly likely to spike. But if you get that spike, it's massive leverage off. I mean, at these prices, it's it's just massive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you guys are making good points. I I'm still a little bit more open to it than I think you guys are, just because I think the probability of a Josh Allen Mahomes hurts spike week that just massively separates from the field um, is is pretty likely and like somewhat fairly baked into those prices. And also the fact that like I don't know in, in these tournaments you need you probably need like two or maybe even three of your stacks to go off over that like three week span. So like you know you just need Allen to really separate in one of those three weeks, like 15, 16 or 17 to carry you. And then maybe, you know, have a cheaper guy in week 17 that in, is... in these contests specifically, isn't that worse though in, in the big board in these really early ones, I feel like it's worse because this, the, there's so much uncertainty with the stacking, right? Like, obviously if you get it right, but like, who, what are the, what is the bills wide receiver room going to look like in six months? What is the chiefs wide receiver? Yeah. Like those, like yeah. the chiefs wide receiver situation. I mean, it's like who like who literally who knows like they could cut mbs like they the juju is going to be on a different team like there's so many and and i mean sam i think you're right like i think a Mahomes stack if i got to choose like that would probably be i'd probably do hurt stack would be like the number one thing i'd want in a theoretical week 17 but a Mahomes mm-hmm. would probably be number two but i mean it could be like they're just like literally, I have no idea who is going to be catching passes for Mahomes next year. Like they're going to look so different, in my opinion. Yeah, and kind of the on the flip side of that, I brought this up last week. You can go Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua, who's got an ADP of ninety six. So now I actually have a legit stack that if it goes off, I'm got the entire passing offense most likely with with like know, a, a ceiling, with a huge ceiling, yeah. and a quarterback that can come along for. A big old spike week into it. We know he can. Is he more risky than the top guys? Do you, do you take do you take Jacob do you take Jacoby Brissett on that team or or, uh, or, <laughs> I don't or think Skylar so. Thompson or I don't I even with twenty it's, rounds? It's, it's, it's Teddy. It's Teddy Bridgewater. It's Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> oh God, he'll get injured by the first quarter. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think the QB stuff is interesting. I, I'm I'm definitely like I want to keep monitoring it this offseason, and especially if the prices don't change. Like I think at some point. 
you got to ask yourself, are you willing to just have zero Chiefs, Bills, Eagles stacks throughout the whole year if the price is You really can build Eagles stacks, though. Like, this is a thing. You want to talk about the DFF, DFS comparisons. Like, in DFS, you can often go with a stack of a team and then a cheaper quarterback to save salary. So you can do that with the Eagles. You can go AJ sure. Brown and Dallas Goddard. You could tack on a Kenny Gainwell or whatever. And you've got the Eagles. Now, if the Eagles go go off and it's through the air, you might be able to be okay at quarterback, especially, you know, if you were able to go down and find an Anthony Richardson or something, he gives you a spike week. We'll get to him later. Um, but there's other guys, you know, there's there's other dudes who I think are very palatable that can at least have a a shot of keeping you in contention. And then it's not that you need that quarterback to to outscore Hurts when the Eagles go off. So you need to keep you close enough so that your second round pick can I, help you get there. I think Pat is making the best point, which is that the easiest spot to make points up at in a final is going to be at quarterback, right? Like if you have yeah. the if you have the wide receiver, like if you just got to choose. I, I want to choose the highest scoring running back, highest scoring wide receiver, highest scoring tight end, highest scoring quarterback. I, I guess you'd probably actually take the highest scoring tight end because the, the you probably the floor, would. Yeah. The, yeah. the floor at tight end is so low, but wide receiver would probably be two. You'd probably say I'd take the highest scoring quarterback would be last. If you got to, if you got to choose, it would be because even, I mean, we literally had this Pat, you had Brady and, Daniel, and Jones. Daniel Jones went off and it, it yeah. actually it, it almost actually hurt you that they both that they both it actually off. hurt me because Mike Evans scored too many points so that was yeah. a concern I would have been I still needed Godwin and DJ Moore to do stuff but like Brady made my final lineup but I would have won with Daniel Jones as well because he had such a good game correct yeah mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense um yeah there'll be I think this this quarterback debate is gonna go on through the whole season Let's uh, get into. I guess just to can I? Just yeah, yeah. Button on. I don't think that your advance rates will be bad by drafting these quarterbacks. I think they'll probably be pretty good. We don't care what about I'm... advance rates, bro. We're chasing career. Yeah, it's about I, to make I, the Liam I, argument that like, I, what if Josh Allen is the best pick because he has a really low advance rate and then smashes you in could, the finals? You could make you. that. <laughs> it's a lot. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, he see, could be I the think, Mike Evans, maybe. No, I think yeah. that argument is bad at quarterback, though. I think that argument is really good at tight end. I think that's the best one where you could be like, I literally do not care how many points my second tight end in Best Ball Mania four scores for the entirety of the season if he gets eighteen in Week Seventeen. That's the Alberto argument, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I knew. I just think no, I, I didn't know. think Albert O would make an appearance <laughs> yeah, less than 20 minutes into the show. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting it die. I mean, 1450 Albert O's uh, first mention. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, 15, 15 minutes into the show, we have hit the core of the mental illness of best ball, which is that so many of your decisions are going to end up not mattering. Like so much right. of, so much of we're yeah. going to spend so much time thinking about it. We're going to do all these shows. We're going to do all these drafts. And so much of it is going to be randomness in terms of the group that you draft against, the pods you get put in, in the playoffs, you know, when a guy twists his ankle, when he doesn't twist his ankle. And basically, literally all that matters is generating the most amount of points in week 17. I mean, we did, yeah. we did this, uh, I did this thought experiment um, last year at the end of the season, which is took all the highest scoring players at the position in every round, one through 18 in underdog. And we did the math and we figured out that that team would not have advanced. That team would have been way below 
the cutoff line of <laughs> what would have advanced. So like you literally had the optimal lineup for underdog scoring in week 18, and it would not have generated enough points to advance there, basically. Oh my God. It yeah, wouldn't have advanced. When would it have gotten knocked out? Did you probably it, I mean it was it was like it was something like 200 or 300 points worse than that the the median advancing score yeah oh my god well like last like year you, um the guy who won the regular season king king cap he's his best team got eliminated in the first round in the first the round like points. that like yeah. that it's it's like sickening like right it's yeah. Just, yeah. you know we yeah. you just have to which is actually i think an argument for correlating even more like the the week steps yeah. like the the best ball mockers, you know, they were like, oh, all that matters is week 17. You didn't draft Josh Jacobs, bro. Have fun staying poor. And Josh Jacobs was like on none of the finals teams. I, I think right. Josh Jacobs, I, I off the top of my head, I think he scored 28 half PPR points the three playoff weeks, yeah. I believe. But the thing with that is that's so random. It's just like you, you take the 17 weeks and you like put it into a randomizer and it could be that Josh Jacobs like – best weeks come in 15 16 and yeah, 17 and he has really right like there's there's no like i think there's almost like no real lesson from that you, like you can make the argument maybe like rookies get better at the end you know veterans tail off i kind of buy that but with josh jacobs i think that was just pure randomness like he's it was total randomness old, yeah right no, <laughs> like, it was 100 percent. it was 100 percent random but the lesson actually yeah. is is that having the quote-unquote league winner is actually bad you actually like Having 50%, yeah. Josh, like, let's say last well, year. Justin Jefferson Josh- was the playoff winner, and then he did nothing in the final, which is one of the reasons that Austin Eckler going off for my team was so massive, because not only... Because you couldn't, you couldn't have both of them, You really. couldn't have both. So it was direct leverage off of Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, that's obviously pure randomness as well. But No, no, but, but that actually, that's actually instructive. That's actually a way to think about drafting, right? So if there are two players whose combinatorial ownership is is either low or impossible. Mm-hmm. You should start thinking about, okay, if Justin Jefferson and Austin Eckler is an impossible team, when I take, or when I'm, or, or, or if it's a possible team and I'm wanting leverage off that decision. So like when I take Jonathan Taylor over Bijan and let's say Bijan goes to the Cardinals, right? So then on Jonathan Taylor teams, maybe you're more likely to take Rondell Moore, right? or right, maybe right, you're more right. likely to take Kyler or, or whoever, you know, and that, I mean, that is like literally like ninth layer, like probably too much to even be <laughs> like, it's like probably too much to even be thinking about. That's when it's like, uh, is this sharp or insane? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough at math to know, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tell, but I, um, I do think the, your point about the correlation being, maybe un- still underappreciated. Still, I, I agree still with underappreciated. that. As, as someone who won with a highly correlated lineup, uh, surprised no one that I do agree with that. But uh, I, I well, the way I would put it is like, it's not that like being correlated is necessarily going to guarantee anything for you far from it. But if you were, if you're like significantly better than the rest of the field, your odds of making be- a best ball mania final, the way they had it last year, is like, you do well to get there once every five years. Sam's super sharp, so you got two in this year somehow. But you do well just to get one in every five years. When you get it, when that happens, and your number's called, you want a lineup that's got a legit shot, that's actually like you can see the path. Like, okay, like if this game goes off and if this game goes off, now we're talking. I mean, I I do really feel strongly that you don't just want to get there and it's like a bunch of dudes and you're like, if I hit, you know, a a 10-leg parlay, I'm in. 
Especially when the final now is, well, we'll see how they structure it this year, but last year was 470 people in the final. Like, you need correlation, which I, I, I'm totally on board with that whole take. Like, I'm caring about stacking, I think, even more this year than last year. Like, if I'm in the ninth round and I took Justin Fields and, you know, Darnell Mooney is still 20 picks ahead of ADP, but, like, I have a chance at missing with the next pick, I'm probably just going to take him. Because, like, when it comes to Week 17 – I don't want a naked Justin Fields in the final. And maybe that's a bad example with Justin Fields because they're rushing, but you get my point. Well, no, but I, like, especially, I actually think it's a good example because it's like so far down that like. Yeah, it's like, it, who cares? This could be inefficient. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you spent $4 instead of $3. You blew it. Like, not really. You know what I mean? If you're thinking about an auction terms, like maybe that's a $6 always, guy that's always a $5 been, guy. That's always been how I've, tra- like after like round 10, like I took a bunch of, um, Jalen Tolbert last year, who I I think maybe ended up didn't even record a catch, but like I I would <laughs> I would probably year. I'd probably I'd probably do that too. I'd probably I'd probably do that same thing again like third round wide receiver of an offense I like and I t- had a lot of the quarterback I I mean and I you know ended up being like one of the worst prices but like who cares you know yeah yeah the price made it a little tougher but like yeah I had Thornton on mine um, and he didn't really do anything and then. He got a touchdown in the final. Well, he had a, he had a, he probably made your, for sure. I bet he made your lineup the week he scored two touchdowns. Yeah, that one week. He had like two week, two usable weeks. I think all year. He almost had a second touchdown in week seventeen because I had him on one of my teams. Oh, yeah, I know. Tilting that. (laughs) I'm I'm aware. (laughs) He almost had that touchdown. (laughs) That would have brought me from uh, 198th to like 176. So, um, would have been huge for me. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) let's let's get to these ADPs. First guy I want to talk about that jumps out here. Anthony Richardson, um, and for people following along on audio, we're now looking at the largest ADP risers from the past week, um, the top 10 biggest ADP risers since February 24th. Anthony Richardson is the biggest, I think, for the second week in a row. He jumped up about 25 spots last week in ADP. He again is up another 25 spots and now sits at 170 in terms of ADP. I think this is largely driven by betting market movements where his odds of going number one overall have uh, greatly increased in the past couple of days. Just a lot more buzz that uh, the NFL media scout types are really buying into him as like a legit prospect, um, reducing the odds of us getting into like a Malik Willis type situation. So I think that's what dri- is driving this. But yeah, curious, uh, starting with you, Davis, um, what do you think of this price for Anthony Richardson at 170 overall for, for context and other QBs? Uh, that puts him at QB 26 behind Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, CJ Stroud, but ahead of guys like Sam Howell, Mac Jones, uh, Jimmy G, uh, those types. So I guess the uh, the issue I have with Anthony Richardson is I'm pretty confident he's not going to play um, as, as a rookie. I, I think this is – now, is he – the, the 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 name he's getting compared to a lot is Malik Willis. He's not Malik Willis, right? Malik Willis played at Liberty. Anthony Richardson played at Florida. Um, a, a lot of different levels of competition. I think Richardson is is a way he's better. Way younger too, right? Yes, he's younger. He was a more bigger. efficient, bigger. Yeah, I, yeah. The the thing that's going around right now is how much bigger this dude is than Bryce Young. He's like he like he like looks like a linebacker, and Bryce Young looks like someone's personal assistant who happens to be in the combine or something. Oh, um, but I I think that actually probably the best comp for me is going to be Trey Lance. Yeah, he's Trey Lance. 
Yeah. That's all where, right. where the team, I mean, you know, like we had our opportunity, like there was an opportunity for Trey Lance to play and he didn't play as a rookie unless it, it absolutely was needed. And I, I, I could just, I, we all, I already know that this is going to happen. Some team's going to trade up. They're going to select Anthony Richardson. You know, they're going to, Oh, we traded a 2024 first round pick and, you know, and it's, I don't know. You know, we signed we signed Ryan Tannehill as our veteran quarterback. We signed Carson Wentz as our veteran quarterback, whatever. And that vet is going to play like 11 games. And people like me are going to be like, why wouldn't you just play Anthony Richardson? Let him learn on the job. And he's just not going to play. And, and yeah. it's going to be frustrating. I think it's so it, that's definitely in play. And I think it's even in play that he gets the full Lance treatment where we like never really see him because he lands on, you know, a team that that feels confident enough. Like maybe if he goes to the lions, you know, and they're like making a playoff push, they would just straight up not play him. But I think that what happened to Lance was, you know, a fairly low end outcome for him in terms of the range of outcomes to not play as the number three overall pick. I think he could have kind of a Lamar Jackson type of uh, introduction Mm -hmm. type of rookie year where he comes in, maybe halfway through the season. I can't remember when he took over for Flacco, but I feel like it was around midseason and certainly played a lot more than Lance did. And so to me, the bet with Richardson has been, I'm getting this guy for the fantasy playoffs. I I just need him to be playing in weeks 15, 16, and 17. Um, And he's, he's a spike week generator for me. I think that we're now nearing a point where that's starting to be like not the best bet in the world because you're starting to have to pay. Like I did just draft him in the 14th round today. I'm doing that. that yeah. That's like, you're not, there's now some downside. Like if he, if he doesn't play until the very end of the season, you might have a lot of trouble advancing that team without, uh, you know, but I, but that was a three quarterback build. And actually I did, I did Prescott Watson and Richardson. So I'm clearly like Richardson, you can take the season off and show up for me in week 17 and we're good. But I think at this price, you kind of have to think about it a little bit more. But but I still think he's worth drafting, especially if you don't have a bunch. I've got like 73% right now. So uh, I, yeah. I, can, I can pass occasionally. I definitely see. I see both uh, both sides of the argument here. I, I did want to just quickly show this to, to make the point that I definitely think there are scenarios where he doesn't play it this year. But there are just so many teams with like absolutely nothing at quarterback that if you're projecting Anthony Richardson to not start games this year, then you quickly have to start projecting like Kyle Trask, Jared Siddham, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral. Like you got to, you got to project someone like that to start games. If Richardson is not starting like, you know, Atlanta, Carolina, Houston, Colts, Las Vegas. Well, what about, I mean, I think the most likely spot that I see that I am hearing smoke on is Seattle, but Seattle would just give Geno Smith a one year contract for a lot of money. Cause their cap situation is fine. You give Gino one year. I mean, they could give him like one year, 35 million and just have him and cause they're, you know, they're not going to win the super bowl. They don't care. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, that's, that's I, I think true. that's, yeah, yeah. I think a spot which, like what that scenario is, is that that's not a Lance scenario though. That's like a, is that a, is that a picket scenario where we get, that's where we get a, that's a, that's a, that's a picket, a picket scenario, but where the, the quarterback in place is, is, uh, uh, you know, above a Trubisky level, right? right. Where it's like it's not right. painful to watch him. Is play. it Ritter? Is it does it take as long as Ritter to to pass Mariota that type of thing? No, was, I think Ritter. So, would Ritter be was so bad. So yeah. Well, Ritter's so bad, right? But Gino's yeah. better than Mariota, I think. 
I think the if, I think the Lions and the Seahawks seem like the two downside scenarios, and then like I'm having a hard time imagining another one where he doesn't play right away. Like if he goes to the Colts, I think he's probably their week one starter. Oh yeah, mm, really have don't, you can't. No, I can't. I can't co-sign with that because you can never put the Colts out of figuring out, like, do, like just finding the dustiest guy to come play quarterback for them. We're we're in we're well, in. Don't they, they already have him. His, his name's Matt Ryan. I think he's under think, contract still. I think he's gonna think he's gonna retire. Retire. I think Matt, okay. I think Matt Ryan is gonna yeah. retire. Yeah. Anyways, I think at, at the price of one seventy, I think he's gonna continue to rise. Um, the other he thing is I sure to gonna rise. I think yeah. so too. Where, where are you where are you guys kind of feeling queasy and probably passing more often than not i guess davis are you already there this this just feels like i guess the issue is 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 the way i would have treated richardson would have been the way i would have treated rookie or trey lance which is i preferred to take lance in three quarterback builds yeah but it feels it feels well i guess it feels like the three quarterback build is so bad because you are probably sacrificing absolute ceiling in terms of you're not taking but it's 20 rounds Mahomes. yeah yeah but then so so then you make your round 20 pick what the guys we just talked about right uh a ritter a trask uh you know whoever like just a guy who might get eight starts yeah but you can also go like to uh stafford and richardson and then it's like just get me there too and stafford and richardson get me over the top give me that week yeah. 17 spike week the opportunity cost at other positions, once you get to pick 170, I'd say is also really low. Like wide receivers, you're looking at like Adam Thielen. They're gone, yeah. John Mechie, MVS. Like running back, you're looking at some of the dart throw rookies. And then like, I don't know, Jarek McKinnon, Samaje Ryan. So like maybe there's some opportunity cost there, but I wouldn't be queasy, Pat, to your question until he gets to like, if he got like above Stroud or like, above the Stafford car types, like guys that are more guaranteed to start um, throughout the year, I would start to get queasy there, but he's still going very much in a range with like, he's going next to love Howell, Jimmy G like guys that have their own uncertainty about whether they're yeah. going to start themselves. So it's like at that price, like give me the up, give me the upside guy. Like if I'm not sure they're going to start. Who's, um, who's more likely to start in week 17, just week 17. Who's more likely to start Anthony Richardson or Trey Lance? Lance. I'd say Richardson. I think it's Richardson, but we, but you're, I know you're a Purdy guy. You so guys, that... everyone, everyone has, has, uh, has abandoned our boy. You know, it's like, it's like you face a little yeah, including, bit of including his head coach. Did you, did you see, <laughs> and his GM. Did you see John Lynch? Yeah, that's the this, problem. This, this quote, the, this video going around today of the Seinfeld, like when you ask someone about their relationship, the far, the harder up on your head, they touch and, and, and uh, Lynch, literally his hand is on top of his head. It's like, but I, I actually think this is, this is the ultimate bailout scenario. For Lance, I know Lance is not on our, our board here, but this is the the absolute ultimate bailout for him because they still it's March third. They still have not done this surgery on Brock Purdy because yeah. the swelling is so bad. And I've done some reading because obviously I'm very invested in this Trey Lance scenario as a, a, an owner of him in a lot of fifty dollar dynasty leagues, and uh, I think. I think he's going to get bailed out because I think what's going to happen is they're going to the inflation's the inflammation's going to go down and they're going to go in there and do the surgery and they're going to be like we just got to give this dude full Tommy John because right now all the surgeons I mean this is very inside baseball but all the surgeons are basically like 
there's this hybrid procedure that they've developed for football players because it doesn't need to be as extensive because they don't need to be at a hundred percent max effort the way a baseball pitcher needs to be. So there's like a slightly different way they can do it for football players to get them back up to speed faster. But if it's like all the way torn or the damage is worse than they thought, they're just gonna have to do regular Tommy John and regular Tommy John. See you later, kid. You're, you're out, you're out for a year minimum. And even then Purdy's still going to kind of be behind because it's March. The season starts in under 200 days. He's not going to be ready for training camp. Lance is going to get all the first team reps. And of course, yeah, of course. Garoppolo, Garoppolo's gone, right? Shanahan said it. Garoppolo said it. There's no more. There's not a reunion. There's not another one-year deal. He's out. Because Jimmy actually has a chance to make some real money this offseason. Right. Um, so I just I just think. Yeah, that's fair. And, I, I mean- and I'm betting on Lance, right? I'm, I'm saying. Purdy maybe is ready in week four, but I'm saying the, the 49ers are four and oh, and Lance has been playing well up into that point, basically. Well, I was, I've been kind of fudding Lance here, but I was talking to Eric Bimefor, who uh, obviously did not like my FUD. He was saying, why don't you pair Lance and Richardson? You know, cause then you're kind of, I'm like, I kind of like that. I like the idea of like, you get your rushing quarterback who's got a little uncertainty at the end of the season. Maybe, maybe, you know, not as much as I'm saying, uh, especially if Purdy's coming out for sure. But, a little uncertainty, and then you get the guy who the whole play is week 17, also a rushing quarterback archetype. Uh, and then maybe you hit the nuts and you get both live for, for spike weeks in week 17. That's the that's the best argument for it is that you could have you could have two guys you could you could draft two quarterbacks who rush for sixteen hundred yards combined or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh in the chat, Target Hawk says Purdy is a waste of a pick, even in round 20. I'm actually kind of on board with this, even though yeah, I have been pro Purdy in the past like I think if we get good news on Purdy's health um I think we'll like kind of know like somewhat this offseason if he has a chance of playing this year and I mean we we should we should literally know within days yeah we'll know if he has a chance so yeah maybe if we got good news I'm okay taking him right now it doesn't seem worth it I guess my thing is like okay we get the bad news for Purdy he's basically out for the year the 49ers are going to be in the market for like the Baker Stidham uh, Minshew Brissett tier of veteran quarterbacks, I think for sure. Yeah. And I still think there's ri- like, man, it was one game. It was a monsoon, but Lance was so bad against the bears week one that people were already talking about, Hey, Jimmy, like these, we're not allowed to talk about that. Cause it rained too hard, Sam. Yeah. I'm Once sorry. It rains <laughs> hard. You can't, you can't evaluate people anymore. We're not allowed Trey to talk Lance, about <laughs> Trey Lance is still 22 years old. He's still 22. And he's played like two games in the last seven years or something. Don't, don't fact check me on that. But <laughs> It, it's um, the last it's the last four years he's played he's played three he's played three and a half games if you count his college put together an exhibition game for him in the COVID when Lance, year so when that, Lance gets so benched for uh, for Baker Mayfield in week 11 I am have <laughs> one of the best victory laps of all time on Twitter uh, oh my God. I mean it's very it's very possible where, where does Baker where does Baker go in these oh God no I don't think he gets drafted uh, he, Baker Baker is Baker's starting a minimum of six games for maybe three different teams next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, good luck stacking them up. <laughs> All right, I think I think the people are probably sick of uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance talk. Yeah, let's let's talk uh, Rashid Shahid. He's another riser. Uh, up twelve picks to pick one sixty six now on underdog. Um, so one thing I want to note with Shahid that is interesting. He has the third highest yards per route run of any rookie wide receiver 
since 2013, only behind Justin Jefferson and Odell Beckham. Now, obviously, it's a small sample, but I think that type of profile, like, I think people are starting to come around to how efficient he was his rookie year, and that's what's kind of driving him up. But um, I'll give it to you, Karine. What do you think of Shahid at this price? I know you've sort of dug deeper into some of the first read data that that makes you a little skeptical of Shahid. So maybe break down uh, that case for him there. Yeah, I was looking at first read data um, this past year. And one of the things that was interesting is like generally you want guys because like if you're absolutely dominating uh, in terms of getting first reads, you might see a first read target on like 25 percent of your routes <clears throat> but like the uh, the most elite wide receivers in the league they're going to have a, a target per out run of at least that and and maybe more like 28 percent, 29 percent. so what that tells you is that it's not just like that they're the first read on every play it's not essentially just that you know the play calling is is designed to get them the ball they're also getting open they have a connection with their quarterback on scramble drills or second reads because they're they're getting open consistently what so therefore, you want guys who are overperforming what you would expect just based on how many first reads they're getting. However, what I was looking at is if you're not getting many first reads at all and all your production is coming through like basically not first read targets and you're kind of a more of a and you're not maybe seeing the field as much in the first place, that can be like kind of your classic flash in the pan type wide receiver. And that's where Shahid falls. He only has 13 percent first read target rate. Uh, not not good. That's like what uh, Deshaun Jackson has had over the last couple of years, you know, kind of a classic, like just kind of a pure more of like a just a deep threat. Like, you you know, like we kind of know he is. That said, like, I haven't had a problem with him at ADP, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. there's a chance that he is flashing serious talent that will make the offense th shift the way that they're calling plays and getting this guy the ball a little bit more. So. I think you just want to be careful as he now you're seeing he's a riser a little bit, you know, maybe just be a bit careful about chasing him up the board. But I mean, a lot of guys who people didn't think were going to be anything, like, of course, they're going to have to overperform relative to what the coaches are calling for them because they the coaches don't, you know, they're, they're behind the curve on realizing that this guy's a, a real talent. So I just think he's got like a very low floor, but also does have some ceiling. So I don't mind where he's going. It's it seems like an, a pretty appropriate price, especially because of the changing landscape of like the, the you know, the avalanche. Right. Like in terms of once you've already been buried by the avalanche, uh, you know, Rashid Shahid is not, you know, a bad St. Bernard with the thing of whiskey hanging around. It's it's neck. <laughs> I guess my my concern would be twofold, which the first would be was Shahid just being used last year because the situation was so desperate in new Orleans, it's like, everyone's hurt. Everyone's bad. Jarvis Landry is useless. Michael Thomas is useless. Alvin Kamara can't get any first downs. Like, you know, Andy Dalton's playing terrible and Jameis has a fractured back. And, you know, we're having to use Taysom as an actual tight end because we're just simply running out of bodies. That, that would be a concern. Like I believe that Shahid owns the skill set of, you know, big plays, like he can make stuff happen. He's exciting. But like, I also believe that like Dexter McCluster owned that skill set too. And he did a couple of exciting things in the NFL and then his teams wouldn't use, I believe that McCall Hardman owns that skill set yeah. and he's like done nothing to be useful for fantasy. So, and probably the largest concern is I just think the saints are going to be bad. Like, I just think they're going to be pretty bad 
on offense. Um, so it's like, how are you, how are you correlating him? Are you drafting? Are you like, what, what's car? Tell you one way to correlate him. You draft Taysom Hill, who's kind of your backstop at tight end right now. What, where do they? Oh, where, what's taste? What's what is taste? Is he tight end only? Yeah, he's tight end eligible again. Oh my! Well, I mean that's <laughs> that's what he's that's what he's listed at. He had more. I believe he had more. No, that's, I was going to say he had more targets and pass attempts last year, but I don't. Think there was a. I think there was a Taysom Hill to Rashid Jaheed like sixty yard touchdown pass. Uh, there was. Well, that year. is that is that is correct. I mean, I mean Taysom. It's right there, guys. <laughs> it's right there. It's right in front of us. All right. Yeah, you got to take Taysom Hill down have, 14. I have oh, not as a I bit thought, correlated. I thought you, I thought you I, guys I, were going to tell me he was like a round 10 pick. We're we're doing the, we're running the Taysom thing back again. He's pick 144, so I guess end of the 12th round. Easy, I'm fully in. Money. I'm fully in yeah. on Taysom, and it's a position that completely dries up outside of the rookies. You know, he's go, it's like, do you want Taysom Hill or Gerald Everett, who probably doesn't have a team? Gerald Everett's only going like 20 picks after, so – I don't know, and I, I, and not as a bit. I've correlated Taysom Hill and Chris Olave several times. Oh man, I, I think I tried I think so that's... hard to avoid talking about Taysom Hill on the show. I didn't realize Rashid Jeed was a gateway. Well, because to also, isn't don't shouldn't we put Jameis in the same category of a guy who's probably going to be on a different team next year? Like he's going to be one yeah. of these veteran yeah, stops yeah, because because the the Saints are going to sign Derek Carr, and that's going to be too much money for them at quarterback. And Andy Dalton will probably be on a different team too. So Taysom will probably be back to being the backup quarterback. Yeah, and they, and they can't get rid of him. They have to pay him so much money, and, and there's so, so much, much dead money. cap. Yeah, J- Jameis is a tricky one because he only gets if they cut him, it's 11 million dead money and only four million in cap savings. So I would kind of bet he's back there as at least the backup. Um, Doesn't Jameis but- want to start though? Like, J- like Jameis is going to look at Kyle Trask starting somewhere or Desmond Ritter starting somewhere and be like. Come on, dude. Like, it's a real yeah. shame that Kyle Trask is starting for the Buccaneers, who are like the only team who wouldn't bring in Jameis. Maybe they would, though. Honestly, maybe they would. You think? I mean, if a te- a, yeah, yeah, maybe a team would trade for him, but I because don't know. Arians, a- Arians is gone. It's I think it was a it was an Arians Jameis personality type thing. Yeah, and I guess Leftwich is gone too. So maybe although Arian is Arians gone because he seems to be running the team. He, he's always given quotes. About Seems like once Brady retired, Arians like came back out of his shadow and yeah. started uh, yeah. being more visible again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but overall, with Shahid, I kind of agree, Pat. I'm monitoring if he continues to rise. I start to get a little worried, but at its cost, he's still again like without knowing the landing spots for a lot of these rookies and like a lot of free agent question marks. Like Shahid at 166, you're picking him over guys that. Are, are basically there, there's no opportunity cost at that range of the draft yeah. really it's it's super flat so i think it's totally fine yeah. um a guy we should talk about here um I, I attempted to redact him from the chart but sky Moore uh has been a riser for a top 10 riser for the second week in a row he's up nine spots now to pick 145 uh overall uh Davis, as the the resident Chiefs fan, um, what do you think of this price for Sky Moore? I know there's sort of a ton of flux in, in Casey's pass core yeah, right now. It's mental, hard to project, this is, but this is mental illness. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I get it. I get it's like so like Juju's probably not going to be on the team, right? Juju will probably be playing for someone else. Hardman probably is going to be playing for someone else. It's like it's like very much out there in the water that this is a horrible wide receiver reagent class. So anyone with in, like Jacoby Myers might get a hundred million dollar contract this off yeah, season. He really might. He yeah. yeah. So that, that's like kind of what we're looking at. 
And Hardman, I think even more than Smith Schuster, and honestly, even more than Myers, he can his agent can at least say, I own one thing that no one else on your roster has, which is I'm just unbelievably fast. I'm so I'm so much faster than anyone else you have on your roster. And my uh, this is my uh, why is that Brian Windhorse thing? But the team that basically has a world record. Like I don't think anyone else has ever had $137 million of cap space in one off season before that team's general manager happened to be the director of player personnel for the Kansas city chiefs. When they drafted McCall Hardman, uh, I don't know, a hundred spots ahead of consensus out of, out of Georgia. And who is that? What team is this? The Chicago bears, Ryan, yeah, okay, Ryan okay, Poles. Yeah. And they, um, I mean, they've been throwing stuff at the wall at wide receiver. For Chase Claypool, the the argument against them signing Hardman is that they basically already have Hardman in Darnell Mooney. I don't know how much that matters. Kind of. Yeah, but Mooney is on the last year of his rookie deal, isn't he? So, I mean, and, and Mooney, I, I don't say think. I want to I say he's got two more years. No disrespect to Darnell Mooney, but I don't think he's a reason to not make any other decisions. Yeah, I mean, just basically, yeah, fine, solid receiver. He's fine. The, this is his last Chiefs, year. Of this the contract. Chiefs are going to get the Chiefs are going to get priced out of. Honestly, I think they're going to get priced out of both Smith Schuster and Hardman because I think people are the people are the teams are just going to be so hungry for wide receivers, you know. Be, and and to be honest, Crane, I think this is kind of a shitty wide receiver class too. Like, I don't know if it's shitty, but I don't think it's very deep. There's like so. six guys who I think are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's like, it's not going to save anything. I think it's a mm-hmm. solid, it's an okay class. I don't, I don't think there's a Garrett Wilson or an Alave or a, a J- I think, certainly I think JSN there's... might be, I think JSN has a chance to be for sure. Uh, we got it. He's not, yeah. he's not running. So we got to see. I know he's not running. That's that. a little concerning <laughs> for sure. Little... He's doing yeah. everything else though. He's just not going to run for some reason. That see that <laughs> for some reason I'm we're more, trying to figure I... out why he's not. It, it, nah, I'm, I'm more still... concerned. <laughs> I'm more concerned that he's like, sure, I'll bench press and do the three cone, but I'm not going to yeah, because... press. I'll do the bench press twice if you want. Yeah, like that. that is that is, um, that is sort of – like, I mean, I think he's probably fine. It's just like he's a weird pro- – I mean, I know this is not prospect chasing, but he's sort of a weird prospect in that it's really, it comes down to about four games. He had like four absolutely unreal uh, games, uh, stretch of games, and then he never played again. And most of them weird. were when Olave – and, and or Wilson were at. his biggest games were when both of them or one of them was out. Ooh, Not that wow. you should take that away from him. Like he put up 300 yards, but neither of those. Guys yeah. I mean, come game. on. <laughs> I mean, that's still, I think it got crazy, crazy impressive, you know? And oh, yeah. a, it's, a true, it's insanely a true impressive. sophomore when he did that. Ba- back to more though. So Davis, you, was your point that with all those guys leaving, that makes you more excited about sky? Like, I mean, no, don't no. Say excited. My, my point excited. My point is that I get, I get you what get the market the is. I get what the market yeah. is seeing. My issue is that I just think he might not be good. Like we're like, I just. He it, definitely it, might not be good, but if we knew he was good, he'd be going like in the seventh round. Yeah. The I thing guess, is like, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's, he's going to be the new Hardman, right? Except for like, like he's I the new Hardman. Hard, yeah. He's the new Hardman. That, that's yeah. exactly who he is. But I mean, you know, Tony's going at pick 87. So I don't hate Sky Moore at pick 145. Like that's to me, I mean, I'm not like Tony, like 
that's that's a pretty big opportunity cost there to take Tony, who also has not been able to show that he's uh, going to get on the field for a full time role. Yeah, like if yeah. you were to hand yeah. if you were to handicap Tony versus Sky Moore fantasy points next year, you would not make it a very big gap. Yeah, the gap in ADP is bigger than the gap you would make. But, yeah, but if one. you were going to make it like which odds of having like a relevant fantasy season, then I think you do make it a big gap. Like I think there's lots of scenarios where they both suck and more just is better than Tony because Tony like retires to pursue his rap career after <laughs> or something. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is one way that that more wins is that he it, still sucks. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, I don't know. At least when Tony's on the field, he looks really good. I'm not. He sure does look really good when he's on the field. About Sky, I don't think we can say that about the, Sky. The the exact opposite is true. They they keep they 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 would run that stupid jet sweep play with Sky, and every time, every time the angle would be there and he would never take it. He would just run in. He would immediately run into a linebacker. It was the most frustrating thing. Yeah, but but he strategically lines up wrong to get touchdowns. So you got to give him that. You that gotta, dude, gonna... how, amazing, how amazing is that story that he basically swapped places with Tony to get a touchdown in the Super Bowl? And then we're like, what the hell? <laughs> like ah, i guess we gotta run the play is that is that sky i don't want to throw it to him i don't think he can i don't think he can cut and then cut again i, I don't think he's able to do it. okay let's try oh god some other yeah, other stuff on sky like if you i did sort of analysis of, of rookie wide receivers in the past 10 years and if you just look at percentile ranks for sky uh once you filter for guys that played at least six games and ran at least 180 routes so this filters out like the guys that don't play at all Sky was 28th percentile in yards per game, 28th percentile in PPR points per game, 51 percentile in yards per route run. So, okay. And the one bright spot is he was 78th percentile in targets per route run. So if you're going to make the bull case for him, it's that when he was on the field, he was being targeted at like a decent, but but certainly not like elite rate. But um, 9% first three targets per route. So it's all kind of like glad you're he just you're happy he was out there but they clearly weren't looking for him so the the story of they weren't even playing this guy is extended to they also weren't calling plays to get him involved even though he was targeted at a high rate which maybe speaks to his ability to kind of find a soft spot in his own or whatever but i would say this is about where you want to probably if if this is what he if this is what he costs in june and july like load me up i'm not gonna be able to help myself Okay. Yeah, I think this is fine, but like I would be as someone who has previously spiked his ADP in the past, I would say if he gets kind of anywhere near he was last year, it's it's not maybe that I wouldn't take any, but I would be, you know, I would be cautious with that for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with taking him now cuz I th- I think like you're probably right Davis that like the Chiefs don't make the splashy wide receiver move in the free agent market that people are kind of expecting. Well, and they're I think just that, they're, they're gonna. It's gonna be a trade. It'll have to be. Yeah, a but I think it's not gonna be someone super exciting. So I, I think Sky will rise a little bit because like you're probably gonna have to project him for something because their wide receiver room will probably look pretty wide open by the start of next year. Yeah, I'm guessing closing line value like it, that would be a strong argument to draft him now, right? Yeah, but I, I, I'm like, I'm saying that, but I don't want, like, I'm not chasing him much higher than this right now. I, I don't know. I, I'm okay what with if, this price, but if this was if 120, the, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on What that. if the Chiefs trade for Keenan Allen or Keenan Allen gets cut by the Chargers to save some money and he ends up being a Chief? That would crush Sky. I mean, Sky's got to be in the slot. Yeah. 
that that's yeah. the that's the uh chiefs fan that that's the drum beat right now the thing is you don't even the thing with sky is like you just need like Justin Watson to be resigned, and that's terrible for his value. Like, no, that doesn't, doesn't need... matter. That doesn't matter because he's an. I mean, Justin Watson's an outside deep threat dude. Justin I also, Watson played I, a I, lot I, more snaps than Sky this year. I know, but I they think... basically play different positions. I think. Okay, that, I, that's fair. But I'm saying like that's the let like the equivalent of Justin Watson. That's a slot receiver could be ahead of Sky more you for know sure. What I'm saying like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if they resign Juju, you know, that's he's done so yeah i don't, don't i don't too high. i don't think that's happening i just i just it feels like it feels like juju was so bad honestly down the stretch and i think he showed enough to get a multi-year contract and i don't think the chiefs want to give him a multi-year contract it sounds like why they didn't get him last year and he went back to pittsburgh was again kansas city didn't want to give him a multi-year contract because mm-hmm. i think they're they want to keep their options open right because kelsey's it could be any day. Kelsey is not going to yeah. be good anymore, and then it's going to be time for them to really do something um, aggressive. I'm surprised the the fan fiction for the Chiefs isn't that they trade cheaply for DeAndre Hopkins. He makes a lot of money, and it's not a mm. one year deal. It's like it's like he's going to be 32, and I think his deal runs for three more seasons, maybe with one year that you can get out. But it basically yeah. becomes like, why would we trade for DeAndre Hopkins and we simply could have just kept Tyree Kill? Yeah, that's the thing. I think it makes no sense. Like from their team building philosophy, it'd be so inconsistent to trade Tyreek and bring in. Because I think, I think they, Hopkins and Kelsey's get... skill sets overlap, I think, a decent bit too, right? They like, do, but I wonder if that's almost appealing because Kelsey's getting so up there in age and you'd have you'd have Hopkins yeah, for a couple of years. Fair. I don't know. It's a fan fair fiction enough. story, but I think the reason for it would be you'd have to pay way less for Hopkins than the Dolphins paid sure. for Hill. Yeah, you got all those extra picks to take guys like Sky Moore. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can burn extra picks. On. <laughs> all right, let's talk. Let's talk Rashad White. That's enough Sky Moore talk. Uh, he is a riser. Pretty obvious why uh, Leonard Fournette got released. I think that was maybe kind of already baked into their prices that Fournette was unlikely to return to the Bucks. But Rashad White now broke uh, into the top 180p at pick 98. Um, curious Crane. What do you think of Rashad White as, as someone who was really in on him uh, as a prospect last year and were hammering him? Are you are you back on the Rashad White train at this price, or what are you thinking? I think he's solid here. You know, you're the issue with Rashad White is that he was really bad as a rusher, as a rookie, and so I think that Fournette, like Fournette being there, wasn't necessarily like that bad because you're yeah. kind of like they're going to probably draft somebody now and they'll probably draft somebody cheaply, but there's lots of guys who I think are pretty interesting as fourth and fifth round picks in this class. So it's not, and there's also lots of guys in this class who look like kind of one a backs that would pair nicely with Rashad white. It's kind of a receiving compliment. What I was going to say, lots of guys who are like, I don't know if he'll ever have 120 carries in a season, but I'm pretty interested to see what he can do as a pass catching style guy. Well, there's guys like that, like Spears, but there's also guys that are kind of the flip, like Tank Bixby and, um, you know, like dudes like that, like Charbonnet, uh, who... Yeah, I was going to say, Charbonnet is like the most 1985. He would have been like a first-round pick then, you know? Yeah, totally. So there's, yeah, there's guys who are like, lots of guys who are, I mean, outside of like Bijan, right? No one's like complete in that way. Even Jamar Gibbs, who I like a lot, is more kind of tilted towards receiving. But if you can bring in a guy who's going to be more of an early down hammer, and there's lots to choose from, then Rashad White's going to look 
mostly, you know, like a rotational kind of receiving specialist type of dude. And he was poor enough as a rusher that I don't know that he would like be able to cobble together kind of a Camara type of role. He might be just not seeing a ton of snaps, you know, maybe he's like a true committee back. Um, and so that being, I think, a fairly likely outcome, even with Fournette yeah. gone, I think he he belongs in kind of that, you know, ninth, tenth round range. If he's moving up into, you know, the the seventh he, or the eighth, it's you know a what tougher. vibe? You know what vibe I get here? I get big Zach Moss, Devin Singletary vibes out of mm. Rashad Rashad yeah. White, and then who, whoever else who whoever ends up being the grinder that he splits work with. The the issue being. Um, the touchdowns aren't stolen by Josh Allen. The touchdowns just don't exist. They don't Kyle, exist in the first place. <laughs> Kyle Trask is your quarterback. Because <laughs> like there, yeah. there's a very real scenario They're be where, so bad. like maybe maybe the Buccaneers say we don't want to be bad and and you know let's bring in, I, I don't know, you know bring Jameis back, bring Derek Carr in, bring Jimmy Garoppolo in, whoever, and we keep Godwin and Evans and we do one more run with these old guys. That's good for Rashad White. But what would be bad would be we got Kyle Trask and Tanner McKee. You know, Tanner McKee is this year's Bailey Zappi or whatever. And then we have, you know, uh, it's it's Russell Gage, uh, Scotty Miller. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't they know. trade Ken Mike Bro- Evans. Yeah, yeah, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a cowboy. Chris Godwin is a chief. That's the one that's really interesting. Oh Godwin man, is Godwin to the Chiefs? That's my mental fan fiction. Is Godwin <laughs> ends up being? Is Godwin ends up being a chief? Like that is just a scenario where, uh, you know, he just said, "Remember that year, three years ago, when the the Dolphins were awful, and it was like Kalen Balage and." Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's just it was, it's it, was all... it the year before Gaskin, right? It was the year before they used yes, Gaskin. Yes, the year, yeah. but the year before Gaskin. It, it just it was just it was just bad, and like that's the vibes I get here, where it's like, sure, maybe he does grind out 220 touches, but he gets you like a spike week over that time frame. I mean, but Singletary, <laughs> the the comp you made of Singletary Moss, Singletary was one of the bigger hits that year, you know. So I think if you can get him in kind of the the very end of the single digits, like the round nine, 10 area, then I think it's a bet worth making. It's just that if the market decides white is going to, this is going to be white's backfield um, or he's going to be the clear one, a to whoever they bring in, then I think you're, you're definitely taking on some downside risk. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know. I'm pretty bearish on like the talent from what we saw last year with Rashad white. Um, like I think everyone almost unanimously unanimously agrees that Lenny is like dust and was terrible, but like it's actually kind of hard to find stats that Rashad White was better than Lenny in. He had worse PFF passing or receiving grades. He had worse PFF rushing grades. He had lower yards per route run than Lenny. Basically, the only thing that he seemed to be better in was like pass blocking. Um, so which was supposed have, to be Lenny's calling card, right? Yeah. So it, like. You know, you look at his receiving grade on, on PFF amongst running backs, and Rashad White was ninth out of 60 backs, which looks pretty good. Yeah, so that's that, that's why I th- it's a bit unfair to say, oh, he's worse than Lenny, therefore he sucked. Like, he was ninth. Like, no, but he was... The, the, the point I'm making is that it, it looks bad when you see Lenny at fifth, because I'm thinking, like, and I haven't done the analysis of this, like, do Tom Brady running backs just, like, consistently get good receiving grades yes, on PFF? Yes, like, that, that wouldn't shock me. So I'm saying, like, I, I think there is some – of that in PFF grades where they try to strip out the team element. But I think some of that, team he, he element, rated, like, 
He rated okay and um, above average in ESPN's uh, receiving score uh, for running backs. Um, his yards per route run were behind Lenny, but they were good. So as a receiver, I think he kind of, he you know, he wasn't electric, but he was kind of del- mostly delivered yeah. on the promise that he would be, you know, c- carve out that kind of role at the NFL. And I feel I, confident yeah. that he'll have that role as a sophomore now that Lenny's gone. But it's the to me, it's the rushing numbers, which were really poor. And yeah, do you want the, I don't know, like, again, like people also will look at the, the raw stats and they'll see, whoa, like if you take Leonard Fournette's targets and give White half of those, then he's going to get like 90 catches. It's like Tampa Bay had the most pass attempts in like per game by a lot. I think it was like 45 per game. That is going to regress like very heavily, as is the percentage of those attempts that are going to go to running backs. Like Tom Brady has historically just propped up running backs in the passing game. Sure. So like, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, if they... If it looks like he's the clear one in this offense, I'm okay with with this price and okay with it getting a little bit higher. But I think I'm actually kind of like mostly fading him here because I think people will start to project out the box and it's going to look really ugly. And I think they are likely to bring in someone else here at running back that will make this a committee. So what are the um, chances that they have a legit quarterback? Because if it's Trask, I mean, it's just it's they're You're going to be able to write off this whole offense, I think, with Trask. There's got to be a semi-reasonable chance that they get a veteran quarterback. There are, there are almost more quarterbacks than teams available this upcoming year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything linking like Carr or Rodgers to them. Either. So that means they're in like the Garoppolo, Brissett, Stidham, Minshew. I would not events. mind Garoppolo if I have Rashad White. Yeah, Garopp- Garoppolo... I mean, Garoppolo to me actually feels like the Colts guy. Now that now that I've been thinking about this for an hour, Garoppolo feels like if they don't get Carr, Garoppolo <laughs> yeah, feels. You're right. I, so you're I right. Think like... They're gonna bring in Garoppolo, and Garoppolo <laughs> yeah. once again will stop the quarterback who we're we'll, all hyped they'll, about. They'll take playing. it. They'll take Anthony Richardson. They'll be eleven and six, and and be the seventh <laughs> seed in the AFC, and then we'll just we'll, we'll never hear from Anthony. It, we'll never hear from Anthony Richardson. Let's light all my best ball teams on fire once again from Jimmy Garoppolo. Great. Yeah. God. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's what I want. I, I don't, I, I want Trey Lance to play because as of right now, I don't think anyone gets to claim a victory on Trey Lance either way. I don't think the people who thought he sucked always get to take a, a victory. And I don't think you, the people like me who are like, you got to just give this kid a season. Like I, I, and I think he's good. Like I don't get to, I don't, I, it's, it's, there's no resolution, right? There's yeah. no resolution. There, there also isn't. what, no one, no one's thrown this out there yet. What if the Packers decide, okay, we'll trade Rodgers, but we don't want to suck. We don't think we we get to watch Jordan Love every single day. He's terrible. What? Why aren't the pack? Why aren't the Packers in the market for a veteran quarterback for less than Rodgers would cost them? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I would be because their roster is other. They have no pass catchers, but their offensive line and their defense they are. It's like it's like all expensive, right? Yeah. I don't know why they have it. I think it's just like, I think the the GM wants to be right that Jordan Love was a reasonable pick was, was and is gonna right. is gonna at least get a chance to show that that's true. Like I think they, I think I've seen enough positive buzz on Love like in practice and how they view him that they, I think they're at least gonna like give him a chance and not bring in some veteran that really threatens his ability to start that, that's just me like postulating they, they bring in carson crazy. they bring they bring in carson wentz as the break glass in case of emergency <laughs> that's, that's the worst, worst type of emergency, gonna be. type of emergency where you need carson wentz holy shit 
I mean, you guys think I'm joking, but Carson Wentz is going to start six games for some team this year. You're probably right. He'll probably go to the Saints and start there. Yeah. Speaking of just discussing names like Carson Wentz, uh, this chart here, uh, looking at the largest ADP fallers of the last week, is just absolutely disgusting. Uh, names that nobody wants to talk about in March, like Zach Ertz, uh, Hayden Hurst. Why Tyler were Zach Ertz and Hayden Hurts ever going? Where that's going? that's the thing. Uh, I did a show with Liam yesterday, and he informed me that people were taking Zach Ertz. And I'm like, this is a 30... 30- Three-year-old, thirty-four-year-old guy coming off a torn ACL, like enough. Like whose quarterback stop. is coming off a torn ACL? Who just drafted a tight end to replace him? Who will soon replace him? Like yeah. I, I can't. Why are you taking him at all? Why are we drafting him? There's no reason. There's no reason for it. Um, I mean, like how these rankings actually work. Not to get too into the weeds, but I imagine someone at underdog before there's like ADP just has to like put in their rankings, and that's the original ADP. So everything's anchored off that. And like, I don't blame them too much. Cause like, if I put together a rankings of one through 250, like I'm going to put some dog shit value in there that shouldn't be drafted. Like you can't get, you can't get all what of a this defense. right. What a defense <laughs> of the ranks. But I like, would do some dog shit stuff too. I would, yeah, it's tough. You're going to, you're going to miss on something. I, I would have put Purdy at like one, 110 or something. I would have, I would have. Really yeah, no, that. we know. Um, But anyways, uh, I think that's what happened. Just the Earth's default rank was just just egregious no no shots at whoever did that at underdog uh, we love you um <laughs> anyways let's let's not talk about zacker it's it's not even worth it uh one guy i did want to talk through here was um chase brown am i right about that is that is the, yeah, the rookie brown, running back yeah. chase brown um he's fallen two weeks in a row now uh to pick 233 we don't need to like have a huge discussion about him but I'm just curious, like, I don't think there's any reason for it. Is that just another thing where the, the default ranking on him was off? Or, like, are we there's less just excited no, about there's him? No, there's no buzz on him. A lot no of these buzz. other guys are – there's a lot of okay. these other guys are getting buzz. Like, like what is what is Deuce Vaughn's ADP? He's getting – he's getting he's getting buzz right now. All Where, the, where all are you the, at on him, Davis? Because I – dude, I love could not, watching could not him, love, but – Yeah, could not love him anymore. It's like – But if, he's, like, if 176 some, pounds. But this is the thing. It only with a guy like that. I mean, you know this as well as I do. It only takes one coach to see something in him, right? And yeah. be like, I want to play him now. If he becomes a guy, he's like, okay, he's a fifth round pick. You know, kind of has a bad. The the biggest issue with him, and I think this is what's probably going to keep him from ever being a guy we can use in fantasy consistently, is that he's so small that he is just going to get blown up. Yeah, pass blocking is he just yeah. he's just not going to be able. And and he didn't get he didn't do a ton of pass blocking either in college because K State just ran so much and they didn't really have like a seven step drop back offense. But he's going to be a guy I take in the third round of every rookie draft, pretty much. Like I just I, I think he we're going to be battling special. for him. He's fun. He looks yeah. like he looks. It's it's a little bit different than watching Tariq Cohen. Um, Woodhead, but Woodhead is who he looks. Woodhead, like. interesting, dude. He he makes people miss from like 10 yards away where I'm like convinced that the, whatever missed tackle force numbers people are charting are like under rating him because of like that. You can't count that as a missed tackle when he, like a guy 10 yards away falls down, but it is. He had know. 150 yards in a touchdown against Alabama and it like he's legit. He's, he looks awesome. I dude, if he weighs like 181, I'm seriously drafting. Well, the well round he all will, time. he will. The same reason Devin Ashane is going to smoke his 40 time. It's like, this is the only thing that matters for yeah, his livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Devin Ashane comes in and runs a four, three, five, 
he needs to fire everyone in his life. Like he needs to be like my trainer, my agent, you all <laughs> let me down because it's like, he's, that's his whole ability in his life to make money. Well, hang on. Cause this is, this is a, uh, you're actually cratering his stock right now. Cause I thought it was a chain such a better uh, name it, than a shame. Oh, it, it could be. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't come to don't it's like yeah i'm not if it's if it's a shame i'm not i'm used i have a lot of i have a lot of them and i'm you're actually making me nervous that his name's a shame because well it just it just looks french it just looks french to me and that's how you would say it if it was french Ashane. Ashane, yeah Ashane. i guess yeah. oh boy actually back in if it's Ashane. I, come yeah, full <laughs> I think i think that should be our bit for the rest of the year even if it is something else we sh it should be Ash devin Ashane. <laughs> You guys, you guys in on Ashane, bro? <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, um, another interesting name here for me is, as a result of how bad the wide receiver free agency class is, Mac Collins is going to get the Zay Jones contract of this last year where people are like, oh, what God. the hell? Zay Jones was a – like, Zay Jones was not relevant, did not matter in the world of fantasy football until last season – but because teams teams now know it's not enough to have one elite wide receiver. It's not enough to have two really good wide receivers. If we don't have Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or that's it, really, like we got to have three good guys out there. It's not enough to have mm -hmm. two. And, you know, the, the years of like getting by with a Demarcus Robinson or Justin Watson, you know, it's like teams don't really want to be doing that anymore. And Hollins, I think, showed enough last year to make himself some money. I, I think – this looks like a who there. I mean, every year there's a guy who goes in the 18th round where you're like, wait, this dude ended up having. Well, but are you interested? Targets. So you're interested in taking Hollins now, like with the hope that that happens? Because there's other guys like DJ Shark, um, Darius Slayton. There's like lots of dudes who I think. Every coach that Slayton has ends up hating. Corey, I think Corey it's, Davis it's is another one. That, Dave, big cut yeah. candidate. I don't yeah. think he's he's a free agent, but um, no, he's not a free agent, but very likely to get cut. I think, yeah, um, not very likely, but somewhat likely. Um, yeah, no, I think that's. I don't know. I I've had way worse last round picks than Matt Collins, um, and I've been predicting the the ninth year breakout with him for a long time. So um, I think I think I mean I think it's fine. Um, he's a very last round pick. He had well, he had a pretty decent number of spike weeks last year i can remember at least one like very big spike week and then maybe a couple others where he was playable um i, I am kind of thinking that this free agent wide receiver class is so bad that guys like Hall hollins have a chance to land in a, a useful spot it, um, it's actually nuts though that 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 we would have the nfl being at an all-time 11 personnel all-time pass rate above expected now a, a average of targets going down which is sort of interesting but it, it's just kind of crazy that it worked out this way that none like you know none of these guys and and I guess maybe the larger point is that when teams get that dude they're not changing teams they just you're not letting you're not letting these guys hit the open market yeah yeah another yeah another guy I want to talk about here uh who's like maybe the most fantasy relevant guy on this chart is is Joe Mixon um he's down seven spots and I think this is a combination of things. One, there's been some legal stuff that's been brought up. Um, uncertain about how relevant that is. It, it seems like those charges got dismissed, but but who knows? Um, also, there's just talk he's a potential cut candidate. The Bengals need to free up some cap space. Um, I think it's it's feasible to end up moving on for him and just draft someone else who's cheaper. Um, 
but he is he is dropping to a point where I am like I think I'm like ultimately I'm not drafting him now, and I'm probably going to see if he falls a bit farther because I think that risk of him just not being on the Bengals could completely tank his ADP. But if he like ends up coming back to the Bengals and we get those signals and his price is still sticking around like the 70s or 80s, like he wasn't great last year, but I would definitely take him there. I think it it, it smells a little bit of Josh Jacobs last year of just like a you know potential um, three down running back, or even Miles on. Sanders. Yeah, even Miles. Yeah, maybe not even Jacobs, but just like a useful guy you can get in the sixth, seventh round. Probably a two down grinder, but we know he like can catch passes. He's not great at it, but he can. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to get interested. Like if we get news that he'll be back. Uh, I agree with that take. How likely is it that you think he will get cut? Because let's say the market, you know, is pricing in him getting cut and, you know, he get, he ends up staying there. Then I think he's he's a value where he's going, because if he's definitely with the Bengals, I would imagine he's more of kind of a classic dead zone type of pick than where than this type of price. But yeah. if you're getting him in the the sixth round and he ends up coming back on the Bengals, I think I think that's probably a pretty solid win. I'm not drafting him a ton, but you're making me think I I should if we think he's going to come back. Where you guys land on that? I don't think he's going to be back because they can save a lot of money. I, I think they can save by by not restructuring and and just outright cutting him. I think Joe Goodberry said they could save 11 million, mm. which doesn't doesn't sound like a lot. You're like, oh, 11 million. Like the Bengals are fucked. <laughs> Caps. Like they are, the, the Bengals are trying to win a Super Bowl. They're trying to beat the Chiefs and the Bills. And they are about to, I, I think the correct estimate on what they're going to end up owing per year for Chase, Burrow, and T is $100 million between the three of them. Whew. That That's about, that's about 40% of the cap on three guys. And they all deserve it. And I don't think you can do the Bengals thing with that. Like, I think you remove T, is which that, is obviously is that, that would low? Be, like, you might that might yes. actually it might be more than that because you could go. It's fifty. Let's say fifty for Burrow, forty for Chase, forty probably. I mean, now you're already at ninety. So it's not seven so, for T. So if you are the Bengals front office, you go eleven million on Joe Mixon. His contract, I think, has another year on it because I think they extended him, and you go. Bro, we got Chris Evans on the roster. Let's take, you know, who, who? Let's take two guys this year, sign an undrafted free agent, and figure it out. And maybe, maybe P. Ryan will come back for two million instead of four million. Yeah, I, I think like, and also if you read the tea leaves on, um, I think the general manager's Duke Tobin. So he was asked about both Higgins and Mixon this week, and his response to Higgins was like fuck off like you're not getting our elite wide receiver like don't even yeah talk he, about he, he said he said you you want a wide receiver find your own <laughs> yeah and then he was asked about joe mixon and he's like mixon is definitely a running back that's currently on our roster like that was basically <laughs> <laughs> that was more yeah. or less his answer about mixon so it, it sounded like if you re, if you read into that it sounds like there's a chance so ultimately i think like my take on mixon is maybe nuanced like i'm not taking him now i think he'll continue to fall a little bit but like I'm watching closely the news on whether he'll be back. Yeah. And once he is back, I'm going to try to buy quickly before he gets back up. Because like, I think there'll be a bit of a lag where he'll still feel like kind of a gross click to people just because he, he was so bad last year was like actually kind of phased out in some of the playoff games for P Ryan. So people will be like, uh, mix in just like feels gross. And I think there'll be a bit of a buy window that you can jump on later. Um, 
that that's that's my I, guess. I I like that. I think that's the right plan of attack. And the the thing with Mixon is that like while he is, I think, gonna feel gross to select, I'm not gonna enjoy doing it. It's so much different than it was last year. I I basically had a full fade position on him at his ADP, yeah, which too. which could have really hurt me though because he did have a weekly ceiling even last year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. part of the Bengals offense. If he is part of the Bengals offense again, he's gonna have multiple touchdown ceiling pretty easily. He's gonna have three touchdown. Yeah, I think he had the highest ceiling. individual scoring week of any player in all fantasy last year. Right? He had like that. I mean, yeah, that's the right week. It, it wins you a ton of money. So yeah, uh, I do think you want to be in on him once once the opportunity cost is much lower if he's on the Bengals, of course or if you think he's going to be yeah let's um let's jump to looking at some of the the team stacks um and then we can can maybe hit on some rookies at the end i know you guys have been doing a lot of work on rookies so so i want to give you a chance there um so for people following along we're now looking at double stack average adps and, and how that is defined is the average of the quarterback's adp on a team plus his top two pass catchers can be either wide receiver at tight ends. And this chart is sorted um, with the lowest average ADP on the left side. So these are the most expensive teams, Philly, Cincy, Buffalo, KC, all the way to the cheapest teams on the far right side, uh, New England, Carolina, and Houston. Um, So on this chart here, you know, it's kind of what you would expect. Um, not, Not a ton of, like massive things jump out here. But I think there are um, a few teams we talked about last week that like Chicago, um, maybe Green Bay, the the Rams that look potentially underpriced. Um, yeah, Pat, curious if you you have any thoughts um, on this chart here of, of teams that, that stand out as potentially under overpriced. And also, I don't know what just happened to, to Davis, but um, <laughs> hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back. Um, Tennessee is one that jumps out to me. It does seem like Tannehill will be back. That sort of seems to be the way the wind's blowing. Um, and then just in general, I think, uh, are these double stacks? I guess it's sort of tough to make a Tennessee double stack. Uh, but I like Traylon yeah. Burks a lot where he's going. I think he's a Conquo. I think a Conquo is interesting, right? Conquo is interesting, but yeah. actually, one of the reasons I like Traylon Burks so much is that his biggest target competition right now is a part time tight end who wasn't all yeah. that highly thought of to begin with. So yeah. he, I mean, I thought he looked like he was in the midst of a, of a breakout. Um, you know, when he suffered that concussion, it was on that touchdown catch and then kind of derailed the rest of the season and in combination with the Malik Willis stuff. So he needs them to keep Tannehill and there's some real downside risk with him, but I like him. I also am doing stuff. I don't know how your numbers would capture this, but I'm doing stuff where I take DJ Moore and, you know, then I then I tackle maybe even Terrace Marshall, and then I draft like Richardson and Levis, or you know, I get a couple of the rookie quarterbacks in a three quarterback build, or just one of them. Um, but maybe in that build, I also have a Colt um, or a Texan. I like Nico Collins a lot where he's going. So the numbers probably aren't. How are you even handling the quarterback? Are you using like? Just the guys on the roster. You're not doing any rookies there, I assume. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. This is just like purely looking at what teams underdog has has people assigned to. So like, if you see that that sort of band of purple at the top on the far right side, like those are all teams where like nobody. There's not a quarterback on the roster that's being right. projected to really play. Like Las Vegas, Tampa Bay, the Jets, the Saints, etc. Like 
no one is drafting that team's quarterback right now. So yeah, this chart would not handle that, but I'm totally on board with like, I'm doing the same thing too. When I'm taking the rookie quarterbacks, I'm using a tiebreaker at wide receiver to look at like, is this wide receiver on a team that could be taking a rookie quarterback? Like maybe Alec Pierce is a good example at pick 150. Yep. If I have one yep. of the rookie quarterbacks, I want Pierce instead of Sky Moore because there's a chance I get that. Yep. I get that stack. And I think that's the way to play it right now because this tournament's going to close before we know where those quarterbacks are going, um, at least with like certainty. Um, so I think you kind of have to make some make some guesses there yeah. um, at the rookie quarterbacks. And so I... Um... Today, I drafted a team where I went, I had the Dallas stack, as I mentioned, I had a Cleveland stack. And then also, I started the draft with Jonathan Taylor. I tacked on Alec Pierce as kind of just a general Colts bet. But I also took Anthony Richardson. And that was more about just me really liking Anthony Richardson and feeling like it's probably last call on getting him round 14 plus. But there's a chance he's on the Colts. So it's like, you know, you get that extra little, like, actually sort of broke the tie of am I going to reach for Richardson here in the early 14th or should I push him to try to get him in the 15th the the kind of the yeah. tie break for me was I could do this little Colts sort of backdoor thing um so I'm I am thinking about that type of stuff a lot yeah I, I think it's also um and Davis is back from had a, had a power outage Davis we're now looking at um double stack average ADPs but I, I think what's going to be important to keep in mind here is like a lot of these teams' prices are being suppressed by just the fact that nobody knows who to stack them with. Like, I think Carolina is a good example where, like, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, like, maybe even the running backs probably would be going higher once we have certainty of, like, who that quarterback is. E even if it's, like, not a great quarterback, just, like, some certainty at quarterback drives the prices up for these teams because people are like, oh, now the way now the human I brain works, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, now I know how to stack, like, Terrace Marshall with. I, I can put a name to it. So, like... I think these teams with uncertain quarterbacks, there's going to be some anchoring effect later in the year that like, even when, once we know their quarterbacks, uh, their skill position players are like being artificially suppressed a little bit now. So I'm, I'm kind of like monitoring that a little bit going forward. I think the, the jets is maybe another one where like Elijah Moore, mm -hmm. uh, he'll, he'll probably jump a lot just once we have some certainty over the quarterback. Cause someone's going to want to, they take Aaron Rodgers, They're going to want to, you know, stack Elijah Moore with him. So. I'm definitely checking that out. Uh, Davis, any any teams here for you? Um, these are sort of ordered on the left-hand side from most expensive uh, to least expensive. Any teams here that like jump out to you as like too cheap or, or too expensive? Um, I mean, Arizona is the most interesting one because you are acknowledging that you're probably not going to have Kyler for a month, maybe, maybe six weeks, and he, maybe he's not even giving you the rushing. But we also... We, we all sort of, you know, we all sort of think that DeAndre Hopkins is probably not going to be on the team. They're, they're probably entering into a little bit of a rebuild. You know, they fire Cliff, they bring in the new coach, like they're just kind of reconfiguring things. And it feels like, you know, Rondale and I don't, I guess, I don't, who else is even going to be the, the past? Marquise, I guess, I guess right? Yeah, yeah. Hollywood, Rondale, McBride, you know, McBride. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just like, and maybe they bring Eno back, you know, because the Eno was. Uh, I don't think they're bringing Eno back. I guess. He, I guess he, what he said is to Cliff. So maybe, what he said yeah. was to Cliff. Now, I mean, Eno. Uh, Eno ruined. Eno ruined his chance of being probably starting running back this year in yeah. in the NFL because, yeah. like, what's the chances of that? What Connor is thirty now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like uh, yeah. the that, uh, 
yeah, GG uh, well played to uh to to Eno Benjamin running his mouth to his coach. <laughs> but Ar- Arizona seems interesting. Chicago also seems interesting because yeah. I think the evolution of Fields is that he is like he has to improve as a passer this season. Um for them to just continue on on their development. And I think you should assume a little bit of, uh, you know, I think you should assume a little bit of that. And and also, I mean, it seems like ADP is not buying Komet. I mean, Komet was, Komet is like, did he lead tight ends and snaps played last year? Like he is out there all the time. He was the certainly time. up there, certainly up there, yeah. I've never been in on Komet. I think outside of his rookie season, I liked him a lot in Dynasty, but I've just been unimpressed with what he's done as a pro. I think he's, a, a great value right now he's yeah. definitely gonna be a full-time starter and like there's he's in a range where it's like the last of those guys are going off the board um or shortly thereafter um but you know even dulcich who i like who go, goes a little after him we don't know that dulcich is not going to be in a rotation we can feel very confident that comment won't be i mean the coaching staff bro they they the first thing the first thing they said was we don't understand why albert hasn't been playing all year he looks pretty good to us Oh no! Oh, we're doing it again. Oh, year two. <laughs> year three. Year three on Albert. O. Year, well, year two of the Dulcet Albert O debate. But aren't we? But aren't we? I mean, like, is Sean Payton on what date? If you had to set the line, what date is the first time Sean Payton is going to say, "You know, I coached this guy named Jimmy Graham and Greg Dulcet"? Let me tell you, like, what? Like, when's the first oh, no. from directly oh, no. from Sean Payton, Jimmy Graham? Uh, Greg Dulcich comparison going to be made. Well, do you think, but what if Dulcich, yeah, what if Dulcich gets the, who's getting the comparison? Is it Dulcich? Dulcich is the, Dulcich is the, he is the, I mean, clearly he must have been Nathaniel Hackett's favorite human being. Like he and, he and Nathaniel Hackett probably had like breakfast. Did you see the, the greeting? It's on the ship chasing clip. The hair. The hair. Look at that hair. He was, I mean, it was a, it was a mortal lock. He was playing him. I don't Did have a you? dog in this fight, so I'm hoping they draft like Sam Laporta so I can take the, the third the third <laughs> I mean, leg of this battle. <laughs> I mean, that is that is the other thing is that this is supposed to be like the best tight end class of like the last decade. I, I gotta know, have you guys entered into are you so sick that you know who Thomas Yasman is? I don't no. actually know who Thomas Yasman is. Do you know so who Tucker Craft is? <laughs> no. Is that different from Tyler okay. Croft? Yeah, I was gonna say, is that are you just mispronouncing Tyler Croft? <laughs> no, I'm not mispronouncing Tyler Croft. I'm referencing a, a D2 tight end who apparently okay. could go day could go day two. People, some people like. So you didn't have to tell me he was a D2 tight end. I could tell from his name, Tucker Craft. This this <laughs> Yasmin fella. So he was college teammates with Thomas Kincaid, or not Thomas Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid, the the Utah tight right. end. Right. If I told you he had 14 receptions in four seasons in college, how many of those do you think went for a touchdown? Eight. Six, damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he, but he, he, like, the thing is, is that he looks like a, a submarine missile or something once he gets the ball. It's, it's insane. And he's like, he's going to get picked. This is going to be the new Doran Dickerson, uh, Ladarius Green, Jason Morrow, Austin Safarian <laughs> Jenkins type. Like, you know, just all like, all busts so far. <laughs> so far, all busts. This time it's going to work. <laughs> but this time, this time it's gonna work Just out. Name some of those prominent busts at tight end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the the, the the very sad thing is that I think it was actually gonna finally work out for Ladarius Green. 
and then he had to retire because he got like three. Wait, was he the guy that games? was like everyone's like he's the he's the new Antonio Gates? He's he's coming he was, in. To, so he was yes, Antonio yes. Gates's backup, and then after his rookie contract, he went to the Steelers, and he was sort of built like, more like Donald Parham or something. He's like really long. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was like yeah, basketball player type. Vibe. I remember there was a lot of those because Antonio Gates' career just held on for so long. There were so many like this is the next Antonio Gates. Like they drafted him, he's going to be you know yeah, taking over yeah. him for a couple of years. Well, we've got we've got happened. Donald Parham on the roster who's still waiting to to yeah. be that guy. Ladarius was kind of he was like the original. He was like he was like the RAS score guy before before RAS score. No, Doran Doran Dickerson was before him. I, if they well, if true, they true, did true. if they did RAS score now, Doran Dickerson would break it. He would be he would be. Um, it would be 11 out of 10. <laughs> have 11. We had to raise it to 11. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I wait? Can we do one more stack before we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, the Rams. I think the Rams are actually, and I haven't brought myself to draft Allen Robinson and I've only done Van Jefferson a couple of times, but Allen there's, Robinson, there's, I just checked. There's, the, fa- there's fan fiction out there about him getting traded. Just Well, that would be the only way that he is not on the team because they can't cut him. His dead no, cap no. exceeds uh, his cap hit. So there's no, it's by, and by like $8 million. It's like a $26 fuck, fuck million. Dollar, yeah. <laughs> over $26 million in dead cap this season. They're stuck with him. You've got uh, Cooper Cup going at the very top of draft still. So, so drafters, you know, clearly aren't all that concerned about a bounce back for him specifically. But then Stafford is pretty cheap. And then, and also in kind of a range where, you know, there's like starting to be job concerns or like or late season. Are you actually the starter by this point type of concerns with some of the quarterback? I don't have any of those with Stafford. Plus, there's the potential he bounces back after, you know, dealing with that injury last year. Um, and, you well, know, very even if you look at last there an seasons, argument, isn't there an argument to be made that actually the Rams are probably going to be much better simply if Allen Robinson is not eating up 80 percent of the snaps and Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell are playing instead? Well, yeah, I mean, that would be that's that's kind of partly why I haven't drafted Robinson because he's just been so bad. Maybe it's like kind of drafting Kenny Galladay or something like he might just not be out there. Despite yeah, the I mean, this is the this is the you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to call anyone out specifically, but every year there's basically veteran wide receiver making decent money who. There's some this is the, the AJ Grand pick from uh, 2021. Basically. This is the Kenny Galladay, Brashad Perryman thing where you look at an offense and you go, I think this offense is going to be all right. And some of they got to throw the ball to someone, but it can't make Kenny Galladay come back from the crypt. It can't make Allen Robinson. Like Allen Robinson last year, like literally could not generate separation. He was, he was, was lowest in the league at generating separation per target. And I don't think that's going to get better getting another year older. Yeah, no, I don't either. But he's his ADP is one ninety seven, and so I at least like once you get down there, he's under contract. So it's like you could draft him. And Van Jefferson's even later; he's he's two twelve. And if you want to go two two, he's two thirty nine. I was gonna so, say I would I would so much rather have two two Atwell. Yeah, so probably take Van or two two. Yeah, but I yeah, agree with you. The, the Rams, the Rams are like I think there's this Rams hangover just because of how much last year was a shit show. But like if you look at all Super Bowl odds and stuff, like. They're projected to be like a fringe playoff team. Like this team shouldn't be this cheap. I don't. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Well, so and they, they they do play in the NFC where everyone is kind of mediocre, so that's that's pretty big for them too. If you look yeah. at success rate over the last two seasons, including the playoffs, uh, Patrick Mahomes is first, Josh Allen is second, and Matthew Stafford is third. 
So even with last season included, you know, just a reminder that he was quite good in his first season with the Rams. And maybe last year was, you know, due to this injury that he had. So yeah, led the yeah. league in picks, won the Super Bowl. Yeah, is, is there like legit retirement risk with him? I feel like I hear that thrown around. I think we I think we passed. I think we passed it. I think there was there was like there okay. was like a week where he was like, you know, I really need to consider my future. I would assume that probably part of McVay saying I'm coming back was him yeah. sitting down with Stafford and being like, look, are we going to do this or not? Yeah, I buy that. I think yeah, if you take if you take Cup, I'm taking Stafford. Like, I don't even care. Twenty picks out of ADP, probably just to make sure I get him at this point. He, he's so, super same cheap. same thing. I think you are 100 percent correct, Sam. And I think the other guy you do that with is is Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins because their spike weeks are going to be one to like literally one to yeah, one. Yeah, one be, to one. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every, there there will be no Justin Jefferson. Uh, no Jefferson Jefferson spike weeks where he doesn't bring Kirk, and certainly no Kirk spike weeks where Jefferson is not brought. Well, up. I guess Hawkinson yeah. could could drag Kirk along for one. Maybe are we? Is this possible. year? Is this year nine of of TJ Hawkinson in the sixth round? It's year nine of TJ Hawkinson priced about twelve picks earlier than I want to take him. Yeah, where's where's Dalton Schultz go right now? I think we're on pick a hundred. Um, Dalton Schultz uh, currently not doesn't have a team and probably won't play for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz, He's, he goes around pick. 107. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's big on Cowboys Twitter right now, but, but they're so, and, and what everyone's arguing about themselves with is, is Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, are they ready to become the new Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz from two years ago? Or do we need to bring in a one year Gerald Everett, you know, just like Hayden type Hurst. guy? Hayden yeah. Hurst. Sure. Yeah. Same. Do we, do we, do we need one year of, a 29 year old who can be a professional and draft someone in one of the deepest tight end classes in a while. Thomas Yasmin. Thomas Yasmin is, is for sure a Jerry pick. Just uh, you, you show him, you show him his just bombs production, uh, you know, minute 13 of touchdowns. <laughs> it's going to be pretty short. Just bombs. It's going to be just <laughs> 13. How are you going to 13 minutes? Like seven angles. No, one, one, one minute, 13 seconds. Rap ain't oh, going to oh, get oh. my ass a scholarship. And then just two seconds after that. <laughs> do we think just the just bombs guy, like, what do we think he makes? He, whatever he makes, he should make more. He should make more. I actually, yeah. I've been watching, uh, like sick edits and stuff more because the just bombs i think he's he's getting them out slower but like god i've been missing i want more just bombs I, you know i don't know if he's gotten busier or what but i haven't been i haven't been watching as much of him this year <laughs> it's, it, they're they're integral to my process uh they are they're a huge part of my process i absolutely love just bombs productions all right let's let's move on um let's wrap this up with a little talk on on rookies uh, we, we've talked about the, the top guys a lot. Uh, I'm curious, like you guys have been deeper in the prospect stuff than I have. Like, it feels like after, um, I guess maybe booty is where you draw the line of like the last sort of relevant wide receiver prospect. Like nobody's talking about any of these other guys, Rasheed Rice, Cedric Tillman, Mims, etc. Like from that tier, like our drafters, right. That's just like, completely flat and everyone's just like guessing like what the fuck do we do with those guys or like is there someone in there that you're excited about if they were to get you know day two you know draft capital tank, tank dell if tank if tank dell gets drafted in the second round wheels up for me yeah i'm, I'm all in i mean that it's sort of like it's sort of like when 
The Eagles took Devonta Smith at 12. They're saying like, we don't give a shit that he weighs 178 pounds. Hmm. Same deal. Same deal for now. Obviously like Dell is, is I would also say he's like sturdier than the other guy you think of being that small, which is Tutu. I mean, he's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, look, even Tutu, you know, we, we've laughed so much about like this guy is like literally going to die playing a football game, but he, he was like starting NFL games for like a month last year, which is like more than some people thought he was ever going to. He looks kind of to good too. Like, I mean, yeah, it turns out being fast and really agile is like very helpful for playing football. Yeah. He was also, he was, he was awesome as a college prospect. So, uh, Tutu, I mean, yeah, I, I like that one. I don't, uh, there's no one who really jumps out to me. I feel like the, the like where I'm sitting with these guys is that I'm, I would love to see like some buzz, some bigger buzz post combine and like landing spots and stuff. Like when I get down in that, that range, it's like, it really, really feels like guessing where yeah, it does at the running back position. It doesn't as much. I mean, I know I am still guessing, but I'm like, I can kind of just see like Kendra Miller or Deuce Vaughn or. Well, um, running back, you, it, it, you we just know it's guessing because it's just going to depend on where, what team they go to. Right. There's no, but there's it's more like, chaos. It's, there's more chaos at the position. So like, I feel like I've, I've got a clearer path. It, it doesn't quite is quite sure. sure. Yeah. Like, like we have to decide if, if Cedric Tillman or Xavier Hutchinson or Nathan Dell is any good. It does like, we don't have to make the decision on is Zach Charbonnet any good. It's just like, does he get drafted by a team where two injuries yeah. get him in the, in the game? And I guess the thing, like if, if those guys, if the wide receivers aren't good, then they're probably like Seth Williams, you know, or they, they just like disappear off the face of the earth. Where if the running backs aren't good, that might not even matter. Like I didn't think Brian Robinson was very good, you know. And I I got a I got a question for you: Is is Zach Charbonnet a converted linebacker? Because that's that's sort of that's sort of your deal, right? It's like you love that is kind of my deal. I'm I'm in on the converted linebackers, but you see you you're in on the converted cornerbacks who play wide receiver as as Michael Hardman. Oh yeah. That to me, to me, that's actually, to me, if you think about it logically, it's actually a great sign because your coach saw how fast you were. He saw, he saw fast. What happened with McCall then? Hardman was on his way to a top 30 wide receiver season this last year. Actually, if you want to, if you really want to, if you really want to, he kind of was honestly, the, the, the last thing I want to say real quick at wide receiver is, is also that Parker Washington is just, COVID is making all this class so weird, but Parker Washington is is one of these guys who is making a huge bet on himself as a young guy. A lot of these guys are fourth or even fifth year guys, but Parker Washington is is a legit junior, you know, non non redshirt. So I think he seems good. He actually pops a little bit in my stuff, but his his draft position that I have, I have him as like an early day four guy right now, early day three guy, not day four, early yeah. day three guy, early round four guy. Um, that would be someone, or if he starts to move up NFL boards, I, I would I would be pretty excited about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I should have probably introduced this chart a little bit more. This is showing like the players ranking from NFL mock draft database, which just aggregates a ton of mock drafts and big boards and averages it. Um, so that's where we're getting uh, sort of the the x-axis data here. Um, but yeah, it, it just it, it kind of drops off a cliff at a certain point. Tyler Scott is another guy that I've like it seems like his Twitter buzz is like higher than what NFL mock draft database says. Like I've heard people say, Oh, he could be like a surprise second round pick, but um, just like the data of averaging mock drafts, like 
doesn't really uh, reflect that at all. So um, I guess he's a guy to monitor if, if individual scouts seem to be really high on him, but um, not, not popping the data. Let's go to running back uh, here. Again, showing the same data. Um, underdog ADP on the Y-axis. Consensus big board ranking here on the X-axis. Um, yeah, I, I think the running back like ADP stuff is like a little bit interesting. Like people seem to be kind of taking leaps with guys like Sean Tucker, Roshan Johnson, Ty J Spears. Ashane. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Ashane. Yeah. Ashane. But yeah, he actually shows up as uh, a little undervalued on this chart. But my point being is like the ADP doesn't really reflect the, the draft cap projected draft capital, which I think is fine. It's still really early. Like that stuff can shift a lot, but I think there's some like, arbitrage plays that that pop out here a little bit uh, like for instance like charbonnet and a shane they're pretty close in the consensus big board rankings they're only like 10 spots apart but you can get a shane like 50 or ashanae 50 picks later than charbonnet um so i mean ashanae's <laughs> ashanae's range of outcomes is so much better in the nfl you know because if he if he's really as fast as as he like people are projecting him to be some team's gonna fall in love with him I call that portion of the draft the French Quarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All I I got two big running back takes right now before the combine. One, I just need one head coach to get in a meeting with Deuce Vaughn and be like, I I love you and I want to make this. You're work. the next. Darren I want Sproles. that too, man. Get, let's yeah. let's have that happen. You're the next Darren Sproles. Music to my and, ears. And the other thing is that Roshan Johnson. This is actually crazy when you think about it Roshan Johnson was so good at pass blocking and catching passes and being on the field on third downs that he took Bijan Robinson a Saquon Barkley Ezekiel Elliott level of running back prospect off the field for a team that was trying to win games that it's pretty nuts to think about that like I that to me yeah. that says like he, he seems good and at, it, he's a converted quarterback I love these guys who change positions. So it would actually it would actually make sense why he would be good at understanding that, why he would get the pass protections and be good at pass blocking and shit like that. That is mm-hmm. that's really interesting. So he's a guy I felt a little caught out on where I didn't really have that much of him and I was looking at some I was putting comps together for all the running backs, statistical comps, and Damian Pierce pops up, you know, and like some of these other guys who didn't play who, a lot of college who for whatever reason just didn't play a ton. Yeah, but like their numbers actually look pretty good on a per game basis. And so I've been feeling like, man, Johnson at this price, maybe it's like slightly under or overpriced relative to his expected draft position, but he seems like a guy who could have a really good combine performance and move way yeah. up. In he, terms he, of was recruited, he was recruited yeah. to Florida, Ohio State, and Oklahoma as a quarterback. Like he, like he's, he's like a sick athlete type guy, I think. Okay, so I I would be betting on the guys who you think right now are like if you're drafting today, why wouldn't you be drafting the guys who you think are going to crush the combine? Uh, so yeah. Yeah. he he's a he's a prime one. Um, McIntosh or Mick, how do you say the guy from Georgia, Kenny McIntosh? Um, I think McIntosh. I'm not sure. McIntosh. No. So he he's interesting because a similar type of committee back type of profile, but his yards per route run was elite, and the guys that come up for him. Uh, are the Alabama backs like Ken Kenyon Drake, like these dudes who didn't do mm. a ton, but then they flashed 
in yards per route run. And Kenyon Drake hasn't been a great receiving back, but he's explosive. And it's, I think the, it's kind of pointing to the fact of like, this guy's got probably more than you would expect. Um, and he's sort of interesting, I think is like a similar bet to Johnson where it's like big time program didn't play as much as we'd like, but has flashed some stuff on a per touch basis or a per route basis in Macintosh case. Um, so he's another dude where I think, you know, I don't know, maybe has a good combine, maybe impresses people. He, he flashed some explosion. Yeah. It seems like in general, these, these late running backs, there's some opportunities for, for big wins based on landing spotters getting drafted higher than we expect. Whereas for the wide receivers. Yeah. I, I don't know. You guys are just getting me a lot more excited about the, the late running backs and the late wide receivers in this class. The, seems the, like a lot the, I, I weirdly feel more jazzed about the guys I expect to go on day three than the guys I do on day two. Like I'm I kind of with see, you, yeah. I could just see Josh Downs being fancy Deami Brown, like get excited about him and he like literally never matters. Well, yeah. how 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 much does he weigh? Because I've seen him in like the 170s, and that's pretty concerning. I mean, it's like these these weights that are out there, like you Google Jalen Hyatt height, it's like the the internet will tell me that Bryce Young is is six one two hundred pounds. Like when no, but the weight can... the weight the internet's telling me is that Josh Downs is one hundred seventy four pounds. Right, like, no, what is that's he, what, is what I'm saying like? is what I'm saying is that like it's like I just it, I'm I can I I'm gonna be patient enough to wait twenty four hours before I start yeah. going crazy on these weight takes. Like yeah, if I learn tomorrow that Deuce Vaughn has had two months to get ready for this and was only able to get up to one seventy nine, I'm gonna be like, well. He just doesn't want to work hard enough to be an NFL running yeah, back, basically. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Well, I mean, we will by this time next week. We will have all that combine data on on running backs and wide receivers. So that's going to be interesting to discuss. See, I think we'll see a lot of shifts uh, in in the rookie ADP after the combine as people react to that. But spread it out, spread it out. Yeah, like don't don't like go all in right now on one rookie because I think there's lots of these guys that look interesting but their profiles are they've got holes all these guys have holes in their profile but i think a lot of guys have enough to where you're like if there's if there's suddenly draft buzz on this guy they they look really interesting so i would just there's a big bucket of guys i'd spread it out on in those rounds yeah all right pat i know you got to run we'll, we're trying to close the the show each week with everyone listing their their favorite value on on underdog so do you have a name for us uh, maybe someone we haven't discussed yet or, or it could be someone we have talked about that um you have really high exposure to right well now. why don't you let davis go first because i don't want to i'm actually worried i might snipe him all right davis what are you what are you thinking favorite value I mean, right now on underdog i have not been i have not been grinding these that hard but mm -hmm. the the category of guys that feel the most undervalued to me are all the boring quarterbacks that we talked about you know the i mean if for anywhere from Derek carr to baker mayfield who's going like undraft carson wentz like you know when i brought up carson wentz earlier you guys like audibly were like oh but like cart like the, true. i was right now right now the quarterback market is that you are you are getting destroyed paying for certainty you are paying so much for certainty and if you just embrace a little bit of the answer I'm, I'm pretty confident that if you just really embrace the uncertainty with these quarterbacks you'd have really good advance rate teams and also probably unique finals teams as well mm. my guess mm. would be so I'm, I'm tracking these you want me to put you down for carson Wentz as your favorite put, put me um, no <laughs> no put me put me down put me down for baker mayfield with your last pick in a 20 round draft all right i'm also like going it. dumpster diving um i'm gonna go with ceh 
Oh, this is no. why I was worried I might snipe Davis. Clyde Edwards Elaire got him in the 19th round today. 1911 today. I got Clyde Edwards Elaire, a running back under contract with the Kansas the, City Chiefs. The Chiefs are the Chiefs are so screwed money wise that they can't really afford to cut a guy on that kind of controlled labor. Yeah. So you're you're right. Controlled fourth is a fourth year of his rookie deal. They obviously aren't picking up his his fifth year contract clearly, but or I don't know they already not. However, he's this is last year on the team. Is my point. But Jarek McKinnon. A free agent once again. They took forever to re-sign him. Uh, Ronald Jones was a was a healthy scratch all last year. So I I mean I think Ch is probably the number two back, and he's going to have passing down work. And if they don't bring McKinnon back, and even if they bring McKinnon back, I think at a 19th round value, like there you know he'll he'll score some touchdowns and stuff. He'll do the occasional thing. So I think you're actually getting a decent amount of upside with CEH and a guy who we were drafting in like the eighth round last seventh, eighth round last year. He's he's still going to be there. Do we have any like hopium narratives with him? I know last offseason it was that he like lost 60 pounds, like because he was sick or something. Yeah. What what horrible uh, health condition did he (laughs) suffer from in 2022? Well, I mean, he was out, he was out for like three months. He was out for for like three months and somehow we're going to find that he was like fighting for his life that entire time. What what happened? Uh, I I have no idea. All right. I'm going to go slightly less gross. Uh, I, or wait, sorry. Let me, else I, I'm CH very tried. biased against. I'm very biased against Ch. I think he stinks. So it it is one of those things where if I'm drafting a guy like that, I'm like he must be wildly underpriced if I'm drafting him. That's one of the yeah. the gut check things I use. It's like the Zacherts uh, thing from from last year. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I'll go slightly less gross. I'll go uh, Elijah Mitchell pick one thirty six right now. Um, it just strikes me as like. 30 or so spots too low. I think like even with McCaffrey there, we've seen that Mitchell has a role in the offense. And uh, I think he'll give you some usable weeks, even when McCaffrey is is healthy. And he's just the ultimate like contingent bet uh, if McCaffrey were to go down. Um, yeah, I, I just don't get like, why would you take AJ Dillon 30 picks ahead of Elijah Mitchell? It, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell's my favorite guy uh, in that range right now. I like him a lot. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah we'll be tracking tracking these takes over the offseason. I'll, I'll do something fun with them. Um, see see which of our takes are getting close line, closing line value uh, versus not. So that'll be fun to Baker track. Anyways. Lock to get CLV. Lock to get CLV. Guarantee it. <laughs> I think I'm getting CLV with CH in the 19th. I feel good about that. What's the highest yeah. pick Clyde over Tiller will get drafted with on underdog in the entirety of the offseason? I mean, to your point, probably like the thirteenth round. So you where know, where where, Ro- where where Rojo was going yeah, last where, year? Where Rojo was going last year? Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. possible. They'll probably bring Rojo back. By the way, I know he was compla- He complained and wanted to get cut midseason, but he probably enjoyed winning a Super Bowl again. God, he throws if Rojo finally breaks out in year two at the Chiefs, it'd be so sweet. Well, year six, right? It's your year, year six oh, yeah. breakout for Ronald. His career, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he had a pretty nice 2020. He had a nice little 2020 there. It sure. takes a while for players changing teams, you know, uh to get a couple. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he needs to get the playbook down. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, let's uh let's shut things down here. That was a lot of fun, guys. Um, we will be back most Fridays throughout the offseason. Um giving our takes on the ADP movement. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff will change obviously with the draft, uh, the combine coming up should be a fun couple weeks to, to monitor player values. Um, but yeah, um, 
Anything you guys have going on that you want to plug before we uh, shut things down here? No, no plugs. Nothing. Good, good no stuff. All right. Sounds good, guys. We will see you next week.